Thank you, Zevi, Zevi Lex. Chutaka come true. Hakim Lanu Raya Shiva, give us the seven shepherd that we ask Hashem. We just hazard the whole Golos. In the Mo'isur, you review the whole Golos, and then you conclude. We call out to Hashem. Hakim Lanu Raya Shiva, give us the seven shepherd, who, of course, is Mashiach. The final shepherd we want. We've had six Rayim. Six Rayim, six trustworthy shepherds, and we call out Tashem, Hakim Lanu Raya Shiva. Give us the seventh shepherd. Can you hear us in the current Mamash? Yitzchak Avinu. Bahaya Kizak and Yitzchak. Yitzchak Avinu is old. Vatichena Eina Meirois. And his eyes stop being able to see, he's going blind. And he calls in Esav with a mission. 
He has a mission for Esav, his son. He's old, Yitzhak Avinu. And he calls in his son Esav to give him a mission, to give him a job. He calls in Esav. The Alt of Nevardic describes to us this conversation. Every word of the Torah, every idea of the Torah is relevant when that's It's not history is my dahaba habe, what was, was. It's always very present, the Torah. Mm-hmm. And this remarkable conversation, the altar of Nevardic explains to us that Yitzchak Avinu's plan, he knew Yaakov was the big tzaddik, the Yeshev Tum, sitting and learning, and he wanted to give Esau tremendous bracha. He thought that Esau will take care of Yaakov. Esau was a Yid, it's a Gemara, Kedusha, Armesechta. Esau was a Yisrael. Esau has a din of a Yid. And Esau would have had a role in supporting and taking care of, of Yaakov Avinu, like a Yisachar Zvulun. And Yitzchak Avinu's plan is that Yaakov doesn't need Gashmias. Let Yaakov hole up in the base medrash, and Esav will take care of Yaakov. And as such, he wanted to give Esav the bracha. If Esav would only use his physicality, would only use Esav's achar b'chatechia, he lives by the sword, is a man of power, a man of strength, a man of physicality. Esav's red, Esav's asui, he's very mature, he's hairy all over his body. He's very physical, very powerful. And Esav will take all that energy, all that strength, and he'll take care of Yaakov Avinu. And as such, Yitzchak wants to bench Esav with all the Gashmiyastik Abracha. And Yaakov doesn't need the Gashmiyast. Yaakov Ishtam will sit and learn Torah. And Yesav will take care. And that was the visual that Yitzchak Avinu so intelligently, so brilliantly, that was the vision that Yitzchak had for each of his sons. And he calls Esav in. I'm getting old. I'm starting to think about my mortality. I don't know when I'm going to die. The guys know my strange fascination in all Gedolim books. By far, the best part of the book is the day of their death. By far. There's something riveting in hearing the accounts of the last minutes of Sadiqim and Gedolim. There's something remarkable and powerful. Their last instruction to their children, to their Talmidim, to their wives, fascinating. The day of death of Big Tzadikim. And Yitzchak, this is a very, this is like the conversation in the Godel book I would turn to. And in this conversation, I don't know when I'm going to die, and I want to speak to you, Esav. In that conversation, Obed Tzadikim measured their words all of their lives. But the last conversation, can you imagine? They spend a lifetime preparing for that conversation. You want to hear what Ramesha told his family before he departed. You want to hear what Rev Miller... That, that, you prepare a lifetime for that conversation. You're not wasting words, you're measuring... That's something that's exact instruction. You're saying only that which is important. This is like the last conversation. On this earth, we're going to meet up again in Olam Habu. But the last instruction, this conversation is fascinating. I'm old, I'm blind, I don't know when I'm going to die. Now, I don't know about you, I'm perked up. This is one conversation... I want to hear what Yitzchak's going to say to Esau in this conversation. Very important conversation. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know how many more conversations we'll have. I don't know how many more opportunity I'm going to have to direct you, Esau. And he tells Esau, Son Nachel Yecha, please lift up your utensils. Tell Yecha your hanging thing, the kashtecha and your bow, 
then go to the field you'd go and trap animals. I respect your mission. I respect your power and your capacity to trap. Now be mechabed your father. Use it in the service of what's right and true. Go and trap vaseli matamim kasher ahavti. Make the food I like. You're physical, you're capable, and the very brachos that I want to bench you. What does Yitzchak, the altar of Nevardik, explain to us that he wants to give him bracha and gashmias? You're a physical man, Esav. You're very physical and capable and successful in the physical mm-hmm. world. And I want to bench you with all the brach on the physical world. Why? Because I want your role of supporting Yaakov, of taking care of the Lameh Torah, of caring for the servant of Hashem, and that will be your wonderful service of Hashem. And he wants to give him that brach, and he tells him, I want you to pick up your precious bow. I want you to take your equipment and go make me matanim the way I like it, and I'll eat it in order that I can bench you before I die. So the way the altar of Nevardik explains to us, the very mission that before I die, go capture an animal, go get busy with your utensils, your kalim, and you'll take them and you'll make me some food so I can bench you. So I can give you a brach, and the very brach I want to give you is continued success in all your future huntings and trappings. The very brach I want to give you is the very activity you're doing now. You're taking your skills of hunting to, see, to be mechabed, your father. Kashera havti, serve me, serve your father with loyalty. Take your skills and talents, which are precious and important. And utilize it to be mechabed, your father. And then you'll make me delicious food. And then I'm going to bench you to continued success in your endeavors. And what's my bracha to you to continue to utilize your great skills in the service of Hashem? That is the, the message before Yitzhak Avinu's nifter that he wants to impart to an Esau. What fascinates me, fat, that alone, that doesn't need more to get fascinated, to hear. Fa- that alone is fascinating. But in the instructions, he says something very interesting. The guys know that I like words a lot. Lahavdil, Lashon Kodesh is the best. Lashon Kodesh is the true language. But we have a way of speaking also. And I, we have in Yeshiva the word of the day. They don't do it every day. We call it the word of the day. But I want guys to learn language, to learn to speak, to learn different words, because I want you to be able to communicate ideas. And I want guys to have a good English. How are you going to articulate ideas? You can know a lot of stuff. If you can't say it, you're going to have very limited impact on people around you. If you can't articulate, if you can't say it, how are you going to impact your children? How are you going to impact your family if you can't express it? And I want guys to develop the vocabulary to be able to express ideas that you're feeling. To say, I, I know it, I just can't say it. That's a problem. People love saying that on tests. I know it, I just can't explain it. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Usually it means you don't know it. And even if you say it means you know it, if you can't express it, it's a grave problem. The goal is to know it and to be able to express it. You have to know how to respond and what to respond. A person has to know and be able to articulate. And using our, our vehicle of expression is words. Words is the vehicle of expression to be able to articulate. Ideas of Yiddishkeit, ideas of Emmas, very important. And words are interesting and important to me because that's the way Hashem spoke to us. By the way, the very world we live in was created with words. Baruch She'omar, Hashem spoke, and the world existed. Omar Vayehi, Hashem said, and it was. Words are very important. And fascinatingly here, in this final drasha that Yitzchak, I shouldn't say final, they probably spoke afterwards, but clearly intended as one of the final messages to Esav, 
Yitzchak's talking to him, and he says, I don't know when I'm parting. I don't know how much longer I have. He's zaken, he's old, he's blind. I don't know. And he has a message to him. He suddenly forgets a word. Um, I want to share this with you. He says, take tell yucha. What's tell yucha? I, I like saying yeshivish menatar minayin is tell yucha. This is one of the sources in the Torah that you're to be. I love yeshivish. I feel yeshivish. And this is like yeshivish menatar minayin. He says tell yucha. What's tell yucha? What's tell yucha? Do you ever hear the word tell yucha? Tell yucha means yena. The hanging thing. What's the hanging thing? Says Rashi, he was saying your sword. Rashi says, tell yecha is your sword. Look at this, your sword. Because it's the derech to hang. So Yeshivish Menatar Minayin is Yitzchak said, take the hanging thing. What? The hanging thing. Take the hang. Now, I'm not in any way mocking because yeshivish is so valuable and important. It means people who are yeshiva people. And the beauty that they don't know English so well is beautiful because we have to remain detached. It's our obligation as Yidden to remain detached. We love Goyim. We respect Goyim. And we want to be an impact on Goyim. As such, we have to remain detached. I love Williamsburg when you go to places that they barely know English. It's beautiful. A Rav called me about a week ago to tell me something, and he, he, he grew up in this country, couldn't speak English. It was delightful. It's important to be true to our mission. He remains separate, and a lot of the shenanigans of the Western civilization are not, are not true by him. When Mashiach comes, he's going to be recognized as a Ben Avram. And I'm very much not mocking the inability to speak English. I'm actually moved by it. Because the goal is to remain Kaddish. Kaddish means Muvdal, separate. So very impressively, they're Muvdal and they're separate. They're separate. So the inability to say the English word leaves me but impressed. It leaves me impressed. What do we want? They should be able to follow the, 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 the TV show? So they can't watch a TV show. They don't even know English. Excellent, excellent. All the better for it. We're asking guys nonetheless to develop a good English. Nonetheless. Nonetheless, as yeshivish guys, you and I are yeshivish and continue to be yeshivish. Then develop a good English so you could articulate to people ideas that are important. But Yitzchak Avinu says to Esav, take your hanging thing. Take that. Why don't he say, take your sword? Take your sword, the cherub. And Yitzchak says the hanging thing. So interesting. Call it, the whole time, the word cherub is so many times. Yitzchak loses his vocabulary. Take your hanging thing. Your sword. The sword. Karbacha, your sword. Take your sword, and all of a sudden, Yitzchak loses his vocabulary. Says he became blind, not in any way less smart. And he says, Take tell yucha, your hanging thing. Why doesn't it say, Sana charbacha, your sword? Says the hanging thing, the thing that hangs over there. What is that? It seems obvious to me. To Ace of the sword, you know, certain people say certain things and they light up. They can't help it. It's funny, when you're dating a girl one day, you're going to want to know about her. It's a very important question. When does she get excited? What excites her? You know, in conversation, I've told you this. We, we, Chaim Guri taught us about tonal. What was it called? Tonality. Tonality is huge because when you speak, your voice goes low sometimes. It says you raise your voice low. People who always scream a speech is very frustrating because I can't tell what you're excited about. It's a very dangerous thing to like scream a whole speech. It's very frustrating. It's very unrealistic to, to listen to somebody who's screaming. You can't tell what excites the person. It feels very fake. I'll tell you something funny. I can't stand speaking in the dining room here. 
The dining room, I don't know what it, I don't know, people who know sound, they're people who study these things, acoustics and how sound works. The dining rooms, to speak in that room, I don't know what's happening, I don't know why, somebody who knows more than me, so you have to scream your head off a Friday night, so to make an announcement, to wish, happy birthday, you're like shrying on top of your lungs. You can't even tell what you're excited, what you're not excited. I want to like get fired up when I say Viggy Greenwald, but I'd be already like screaming, you're like screaming that, like you want to get excited. When I make Kiddush, I like thinking about the words and the words that fire you up, words that don't, words that almost do. There's tonality, there's like what excites you, what doesn't. When you're forced to scream the whole speech, you lose so much in communication. When you're going out with somebody, it's very important to mark what fires her up and she won't be able to hide it from you. You could tell when some people speak about wealth, they get like fired up. So a rich person, you could tell. And the person like can try to hide it from you. They talk about money and richness. They're like, they're fired up. A rich person, they like light up. They talk about a rich person, they're like, ah! You could tell they're like, that's just they're very excited about Ashiras. Another guy, I'm not going to make fun of that guy, but another guy talks about sports and a good athlete. And like, ah. we all have our things that excite us. In matter of fact, a big way of telling about a person is what excites, what excites you. Ish, how do you measure a man? Kifi mahalaloi, according to what he gets excited about. It's the mark of a person. If you, you're dating a girl, it's an obvious question. What's get, what gets her fired up? If you say you don't know, you're not paying much attention while you're schmoozing a lot. What gets her fired up? You could tell. She doesn't have to tell you. You don't have to ask her. What gets you? You don't have to play like that dating game. What excites you? You don't have to do that. Schmooze a lot. And you see when she, like, gets, you see when she talks and she gets much more excited. You'll see on one girl and she talks about a Talmud Chacham. It gets very exciting. You'll see on another when she talks about wealth. You'll see on the third when she talks about something else. What excites you? What gets you going? What, what gets you excited is a very important question. Now, Esav obviously is a person who's about the sword. And the sword is what excites him. Al-Khar he lives by power. He lives by strength. He lives by, he's, he lives, that's what Esav's essence is. And remember that Yitzchak Avinu was asking him that it should all be for a purpose. It shouldn't be an ends for itself. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be for an end. It should be for a purpose. And the language fascinates me that Yitzchak, in having this discussion with Esav, that the altar of Nevardik learns this whole sugya is about taking your gifts and using them right, doesn't say the word sword. It's not chashv enough to say it. He says the hanging thing. The hanging thing. I would say, a guy would say on my baseball bat, bat. I'd say a bat. I'm a, I love baseball. It's like the, one of the last sports I'm left playing now that I've retired from basketball and football. It's a baseball a bat. I light up a baseball bat. If a guy would say, take that wooden stick. It's a bat, a baseball bat. And, and Yaakov Avin, Yitzhak Avinu, who's instructing Esav, that, and he's not denying that which is important to you and that which you're good at, but he's saying utilize it right, and it's fascinating to me that he doesn't say the word sword, he says the hanging thing. Take the thing hanging by your side. He's trying to tell him that it, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't be the end game power. Power is nice, but it's for a purpose. I know you're a man of a sword. I know you're a man of a sword, and it's not bad. He's even telling him to use a sword, and he's giving a mission with a sword, but he doesn't call it a sword. He calls it a hanging thing. And he's using words to establish what's valuable, what's to be celebrated. He says, take the hanging thing, and he's, he's telling him to use it. Take the stick and go to the yard and smack it around a little. But you still would say, take the stick, because you're trying to say something. And what he's trying to say using words is that it's not the end game. It's not the most important. And as such, David, he says, take the hanging thing. 
take the hanging thing. Yonatan, what I want to get at is less about Yitzhak Avinu's specific message, though we could talk about that. But I want to say, Yonatan, that the way we impact everybody around us, Yankov, the way, Ellie, we impact our families through our words. Over a lifetime, it's interesting. I'll tell you something interesting, Ellie. There are two jobs that I've been involved in. There's a job I've been involved being in the yeshiva here. This job is to be around the coolest, most gishmak people in the world and to grow together with cool people. Amazing. That's one responsibility. And then I have an, another part, another job. It's a full-time. I'm not able to necessarily engage full-time. So I'm involved in a shul. And unfortunately, I wish I could put more time and be more active. I wish I loved the people. are the most beautiful, wonderful people in the shul. And I wish I could spend more time and be around them. Well, I sincerely wish that. The Midas, I would be a better person. The Midas, the B'nai Tyre, some of the really the most wonderful people in the world are in the shul. And I don't get to be around there as much as I would like. I'm there every other Shabbos, roughly, every other Shabbos. If, if even over a year, we're waiting. We have Sulam, so it's not if, if even, but I try to be there every other Shabbos. And I get to share some different Torah. I get to speak there. I get to speak. And I've observed that you share different Torah. I share, I speak for 10, 12 minutes on Shabbos afternoon. Other times we say Shiorim. And over the years, I've noticed that it does matter what you speak about. It does make an impact. And it has an impact. And I want to say that over the years, your conversations at your Shabbos table and your conversations in general with your children and your wife are going to form your family. And your words are going to form realities. Your words, what you say and how you say it is very, very significant. When I was going out with my wife, so I told her, she told me about a sad event that happened. And I said, that's crazy. That's crazy. So my wife corrected me. She said, my teacher told me, don't say that's crazy. It's hashkocha, it's not crazy. It's hashkocha, it's not crazy. That's crazy sounds like chaos. It's crazy. It's not crazy. It's hashkocha. I always say the same joke, Chaim Zvi remembers, that in my, my, I almost blurted out, that's crazy. Like, 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 thank you for laughing. I almost blurted out, that's crazy. Like my wife corrected, don't say that's crazy, it's hashkocha. I thought, okay, when I say that's crazy, I just mean, like, give me, cut me a break. That's crazy, I just mean. She's right, and it's a Gemara Babakama. The Gemara Baba Kama says that Ula did not want to go to comfort mourners together with Babylonians. He didn't want to go to Nechem Avelim with Babylonians because when they would go to Nechem Avelim, they say, what can you do? My Havalei nope, what can you do? Sounds so innocent. We would say that, what can we do? He says, what can we do? As if if we could do different, like, I'm so sorry Hashem did this, I would be much nicer, but what can we do? Sounds like if we could do, I would do different than God. Inappropriate, Ula said. Now you might say, okay, they just mean, I'm so sorry. Your words matter. Your words matter. Words matter a lot. I want every guy to hear this. People think that we say what we think. Elio, people think that we say what we think. It's the opposite. We think what we say. We think what we say. If we say it, we think it. I'll tell you a real thing. I have seen in a dorm late at night, two guys will knock the food of yeshiva or anything else. Two guys will knock a certain restaurant. A third guy who doesn't even have a strong opinion on the matter the other two friends knock. So he says a knock. He will start feeling against that restaurant. He didn't even hold that way. Two guys knocked around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place, the food is horrible. You, you, it wasn't attached to what you felt. The Chayvah Salvava says, Hamachshava, that which we think, Hoylech goes how we speak. Your speech impacted you to say that. 
I'll tell you something that's happened to me. I want to know by hands who this happened to. Listen to this. Listen to this. Have you ever expressed angry words to anybody, to your mother, your sister, your brother, your child? This happened. Tell me if I don't want forced hands. I want to tell this has happened to me. That I've expressed angry words and I saw myself getting anger and I said, Kalish, I didn't realize you were so angry. As I was speaking, like, so I thought, whoa, you're angrier than you thought. Did anybody ever have this experience by hands? Yeah, everybody relates. And you're like, oh my gosh, I am much more, I want to tell you something very simply. It's happened, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize I was this angry. Yonatan, you can relate to that? No, okay. But I like that, I like that, I like that, I like that. Very good, it doesn't, I don't say it has to happen to every gay. It's happened to me, even I was a little angry. I, I wasn't, but I, it, I, the level, the extent surprised myself. Whoa, I didn't realize I was so angry. And you know what I discovered, Yonatan? That I wasn't so angry. That the angry words created anger. The angry words created anger. The Chayvus Halvavus writes, Hamachshava Hoylech Achradibur. We think what we say. I was saying angry words created deeper anger. My Rebbe on a Gemara in Shabbos Taflamid Aleph taught us this lesson. My Rebbe taught me this lesson. I thanked him last night. I was in a, I just had this sense that I don't thank my Rebbe enough. I called him and I thanked him for a half hour last night for everything he gave me. And he taught us that words impact how we think. Measure and watch your words. They impact how you think. Be careful what you say. Be careful. You're going to say things that you don't even feel and you'll feel the... Guys were talking about television shows. Fascinating. There was a discussion that happened. The guys are... We have the smartest people in the world. Guys said something that made me think a lot today. They were talking at a sports show where two guys argue. And guys said they don't hold to their opinion. They make it up and they'll say something outlandish. Because if you say the normal thing... You never want to say Mike Trout's the best player in MLB. Okay, Nobody's tuning in to listen. So you want to take a guy who's like not the best player and say, he's not the best he is. Now you have news. So you take the, you don't even want to say the second best player. You go with the 15th best player. You come up with some statistics that show he's better than you think. He's the best player. So the guys were describing people who, they said it's even prepared what you should say and then you back it up. It was very fascinating. And I bet you that many of them after the show really believe what they said. Because you think what you say. At the point they say it, they probably hold the most. Because if you're wondering how do they do such a good job, you're an outright liar. They're not really. Because they say it, they think it. I don't think so. I think they should be just doing it for money. I agree with you. They're doing it for the money. I'm saying that many of them end up holding that way. If you're wondering, they're not, you don't even have to be... They don't believe. It's cap saying it over and over. So right, right, and then your mindset. Right, but then you go with it. You actually, you could see it that way. Once you say it, the Gemara says a chazaka, Adam oimed lahachsik tiburoi. A person's machsik, that which he says. If you say it, you go with it. It's a Gemara. Adam oimed lahachsik tiburoi. You strengthen that which you said. I said it, so it is. And then you go with it. I suspect Adam Ahmed Lahachsik Dibur We can look, we even have an encyclopedia here on the top shelf somewhere. Adam Ahmed statements of Chazal. We have Adam Ahmed Lahachsik Diburai. A person strengthens that which he says. He said it, so he holds that way. You stick with what you said. But saying it causes you to hold it. I suspect on some of these shows, the guy ends up holding it. It's more gishmak. That he, he ends up holding that way. Why? Because he said it. Yeah, I think he holds, he holds it now. Now he said it. But we all are that way. We say something, a guy literally can jump, you could say something negative, you didn't even hold. It was like somehow late at night, the brain's long off, the three in the morning dorm room conversation. You're saying many things you don't hold, but it's very dangerous. Because you're creating your sheet and you don't even hold that way. It wasn't even attached to what you held, very dangerous. 
But then that was like the axe. You also jumped in. You knocked this. You know, let the, um, I knocked that. Okay, now you said it. Now oh, That's scary if we shake this up from there. Very, very dangerous. But words are powerful. They create realities. They create situations. Words count a lot. Measure your words. Mark your words. I want to say with our families over the year, what we talk about the Shabbos table forms your children. What you speak about, how you speak about it. And in this important conversation of Yitzchak and Esav, he doesn't say the word sword, he says your hanging thing. And the lessons of measuring what we say, of marking what we say, marking how we say it because it forms our own realities and our children realities. Our children become the words we say. I have an appreciation to my dad. In my house, he never said the word P-I-G. Never. Never. I never heard my, I never heard my father use a bad word in the house ever in my life. Ever. He wouldn't use bad words. He wouldn't say the English word chazer. He held it wasn't a nice way of talking. He never said it in the house. Never. We'd read a book. He'd say chazer or P-I-G. He wouldn't say the word. Words matter. Words matter. And he didn't want to say in the house negative words. He didn't want that. He wanted us to grow up with positive words. If it sounds like, oh, I just... Words matter. Words matter. What we say, how we say, our words matter a lot. When my Rebbe told us this shmooze, a friend of mine who's a mashkiach in Dar Chetirai Kilsen Shlita, just came out with a wonderful safer, open your eyes. So Rai Kilson Shlita said a shot in the Pasuk. I don't think he said it from my Rebbe. I think he said it based on my Rebbe. The Pasuk says, Ma'anerach, a soft answer. Meshivchema turns away anger. So Pasuk shot is if you're angry and I talk softly to you and calmly, it calms your anger. But my friend said, Rai Kilson Shlita said, based on my Rebbe, that a soft reply turns away your own anger. Speak softly and you calm yourself down. It's actually a trick to settling your own anger. Harsh words create. Yonatan, I discovered in myself that the times I said, I didn't realize you're so angry. I wasn't. But I was angry. There was anger. I used harsh words which created new anger. Because that's what harsh words do. They create anger. Words are powerful and they create thoughts. They create feelings. They create realities, words. It's funny that there's societies that don't value words. What's the difference? Words, eh. By us, by us, how do you say a thing? How do you say a reality? A dover. A dover means a thing. This is a dover. Is a thing, is something that see or something that exists. It's a dover. How do you say word? A dover, a deeper. It's the same icy, it's the same letters. A deeper is a thing. I once told the Bacher a deeper is a thing. You know what his response was? Word. That was a good response. <laughs> a word is a thing. It's the same word as word and thing. It's Dalad Bey's Resh. Dalad Bey's a word, we come from a world that words matter. What I want to say to the guys is that you're in a dorm room, you're around people, start measuring what your words do, what your words create. Every single guy here is going to build a home. Your main construction of your home is with your words. What do you talk about? What do you say? Certainly measuring the topics we talk about, Certainly measuring, do we say things in nice and building ways or negative ways? There's a Pasuk that I always liked. I would like to share the Pasuk with the guys. It says, Yesh baita kemakurais Baita means bito, expression. Some people's expression are like swords. Their expressions are stabbing and hurtful. It's just the way they speak. Ulishain chachamim, but the language of wise people, marpes, healing. Do you have healing type of speech or negative speech? I once met a guy who I always wondered, his kids struggled with Yiddishkeit phenomenally. And I always heard wonderful things about this person. Now you could have great people whose kids struggle with Yiddishkeit. We're going to read about Esau in this week's parsha. His father Yitzchak was great. So I'm not slugging up a person from the kid's struggles. But it still made me wonder. It still made me wonder. Tzadikim's kids, usually are tzadikim. What would the kids struggle? 
And I met the father, and in the conversation, his casual speech was sarcastic. That's smart, eh? He was very sarcastic. I had no questions anymore about his kids, zero. What he created in the home was a negative place. The first thing of Chenach, I don't know, I have two number one things of Chenach. Every guy here is going to raise a family. I have two basics of Chenach. Your home should be beautiful. First thing in Chenach, we have a rich Messiah, we want to give it to our kids. If it's beautiful, if Shabbos is beautiful, Yantiv is beautiful, Torah is beautiful, Tefillah is beautiful. Say, hey, your kid's going to like it. Duh. <laughs> so first step is, give over a beautiful Yiddishkeit. Step one of Chenach. Step two is you should have a relationship. You should be close. <laughs> Parents in different ways will say to me, I'm not close to my kids and my house is chaotic, but I want other eights in chinuch. Uh, mm. <laughs> I, I don't know where to start with that. I, uh, ooh, uh. So you want some plans in chinuch. I, I just don't know. You want to know how you can control some. I don't, that's not chinuch in my world. That, it's, there's like a hanachah. I, I don't even know where to start with that. The first thing in Chinuch is to give a beautiful Yiddishkeit. We want to show our kids what Shabbos is. What, that's the, I don't know. Chinuch is not, get, it's not like you forced him to prayer. Chinuch is he grows up in a home. It's like prayer. Shabbos, Chanukah. Chanukah should be magical. We're like thanking Hashem. Your kid should like get googly-eyed. When your kid thinks, I want for every guy here, when your kid thinks about Shabbos, he's like, that kid is not being mechalal. He's just, it's Shabbos. That's going to take work, midas taivas. It's going to take your own studying of Shabbos, your own embracing of Shabbos. But I want you to hand your children a beautiful Shabbos. Shucks, it takes good midas. It takes that you have savlon. A lot of things. To, we have big family. But, but that's like, that's the basic of chinuch. That's, I, don't, I don't know how to give it. In, I'm sorry. Like, I, w- I wish there was a... <laughs> I don't know. It's chaotic and I don't have a relationship. And I could teach me, give me some ideas in chinuch besides that. <laughs> okay, so you want to know about Yiddishkeit. It's not Shabbos, not Kashrus, not Tyrus, not Mishpacha. You know, besides that, not Tfilin, not Besides that, can you tell me about Judaism? Okay, I'm sorry, you know. What do you want? What are you doing to me? You can't do besides that. That's and Rabbi say all of us want to hand the beautiful world to our families because we have something precious and rich. Our language and our speech is how we create our environment. What we talk about, how we talk. I can't tell you how important it is. Bachum, there's there's something called nivulpe. Nivulpe is a terrible averus talking bad topics. Nivel pez, not swear words. Nivel pez, bad topics. That's an iser daraisa. You're not allowed to talk about inappropriate topics. Asa daraisa. That's mamish. You don't, uh, you don't need a, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to talk nivel pez. Swear words, it's just not, a, it's not, it's not classy. It's not classy. You don't create good vibes. It bothers me a lot in the gym, a guy belts out a curse. Did he do anything wrong? Is there any iser? No. He said a curse. He jumped, did he do any? Can I point to an S? You know what he did? He created a bad vibe in the gym. I don't feel like I'm around classy people. That's not nice. I want to be around classiness. I was in the gym last night. Ezzy Hirsch is there. It felt, it felt holy, the gym. Somebody came back married who put two years, poured into the yeshiva. He grew here. He was born here in many ways. Became an Evid Hashem in a beautiful way here. Tremendous success here. He came back to sing, to just to, to, to reconnect to the Chevron. Then he went to the gym with his mishpacha to play some ball. His wife's cheering on him playing ball. It was just a beautiful scene to me. I never interrupt basketball. And I interrupted the game. I asked Mechil, it was 12-10, and I'm waxing nostalgic on the court. And the guy's like, Rebbe, it's 12-10. Could you get off the court? I'm like darshaning about Ezzy thanking him. I just had to go home and I had to speak about him. So I interrupted the game. I apologized to him and I thanked him. It was holy in there. A guy belts out a, a swear word. Belt, it doesn't, it's, we're classy. You hurt the vibe. You hurt the aura. We're, we're wonderful people. We're precious people. Don't yell out a bad word. Don't bring it down. We're not. We're people with mission. We're people with beauty. We're people uplifted. You brought down what's. You brought down the atmosphere. 
Learn in your own home. It is words that create beautiful atmospheres and environments. It's funny that we tend to knock a lot of things modern for no reason. There's so much to learn from every society. The word vibe is such a great modern word. My wife laughs that in our vocabulary, being around young people, we've learned like a lot of young words. Sometimes I catch myself speaking to parents, like, Danielle, did you just say that? <laughs> like, I'll say a word that, like, who talks like that? Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, I just said it. Like, it, who talks? But okay, I'm around young, I'm around Gishmak of vibrant people. But the word vibe has entered my language because I like it a lot. Vibe is, what's your vibe? What do you give off? What happens around you? What do people feel like when you speak? Learning to create positive vibes. Learning when you speak, everybody around you feels happier and better and more healed. The language of wise people is healing. I've had times I wanted to like blurt out a negative thing. I was used to somebody saying it. It sounded so like, the thing just, you know, Murphy's Law, everything goes, everything goes wrong, Murphy, what are you talking about? Everything goes perfect, everything goes beautifully. So it's just like the thing to say, yeah, Murphy's Law, eh? <laughs> no, it's Baruch Hashem, things are good, there's a challenge, okay. To, when this Yid, I met this Yid, whose kids struggled, and I spoke to him, and I saw he had a horrible language. He just didn't know how to talk. Just the vibe he created in the conversation with him, I'm his friend. And I nothing, nothing against him, he had nothing against me. And I spoke to him, it was negative. When you spoke to him, I felt uglier after I spoke to him. I had no questions afterwards that his kids weren't from. I had no questions. Just he doesn't know how to talk. I don't know where he developed it from. I don't know that he never measured himself. His language was ugly. And where do you create? So now I understand. So under those, what type of vibe, what type of atmosphere, what aura was his house? Negative. So how is he supposed to teach about Shabbos? Tefillah, Torah, all the beautiful things that we want to give over. I want a house, I want in your house that music always plays. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You should have that ass. I, I have a brother-in-law. All his kids are beautiful. They're always playing music in the house. Always. You walk in there, music's always playing. Beautiful music. I have a brother-in-law. All the kids are tzaddikim. Do you wonder? All the kids are wonderful. Abdei Hashem. Music plays in the house. When music's playing, it just doesn't fit. You can't scream. It doesn't fit. It's like a beautiful, there's a beautiful song. You don't scream in a house of music. Music always plays in their house. Is it a shock that their children are all beautiful, B'nai Tair? Sincere, wonderful. Do you know how to talk? What do you give off? You're going to run Shabbos tables for years. What, how do you speak? Ezra, how do you talk? <laughs> Maish Reber, whose birthday it is, and Maish Reber is a tremendous, tremendous Ben Tyrus, an inspiration for the whole yeshiva, this sincere, authentic Rome person. Maishala and I work on the names. You talk about, you talk about words. We try to tight label these crazy shiurim. We try to give a label, like, what are we going to call this one? Maish, this one's, does everybody agree this one's going to be, how do you talk? How do you talk? But you have to spell, how do you spell talk like that? That's not, T-A-W-K, naturally. T-A-W-L-K. How do you talk? But that, that, that's for sure. There's like no question about it. How do you talk? T-A-W-L-K. How do you talk? And you're going to get all... Maisha's going to get like letters. You spelled it wrong. Take it back. No, I spelled it right. How do you talk? And I spelled this right. But, um, but I thank you. Really, I thank Maisha works hard to put it out to each one to erase when I say things that are silly and wrong and to just if I sing too loud at the beginning to make sure it doesn't hurt the songs that are sung. Maish works hard to really get this out in a timely and good manner. And Stam, Stam, this, the example that Maish is for the whole yeshiva of sincerity. Somebody is a sincere, growing person. Such a delight to be around somebody like that. A yeshiva is built to produce a Maish. And Maish, in turn, helps people. You talk about somebody who's neemusket, who's sweet. I can't picture him saying a mean thing to somebody. Just nice and kind, thoughtful. So it's really a happy birthday to Maish and appreciation for all that you do for this year, but for everything you do for Yeshiva. Thank you, Maish Rebbe.
phenomenal human being. But I really, I ask everybody here, let's learn how to talk like, let's learn how to talk properly. Practice it. You're in a dorm. Already 17, 18, you have to be thinking about marriage. What does your speech do to your room? Do you have L'shoin Chacham Marpe? Do you have the healing language? I don't, please don't imitate another gay. You're not getting it if you try to, you know, it's cute always guys say, how are you? And they, the guys do excellent jobs. They imitate all day, videos galore. It's cute. I'm not asking a guy to talk nicely the way somebody else talks nicely. You have your own way, your own language, your own words. It's not about imitation. It has to come from within, but it has to be a healing language. Your own version of healing language. But to have a healing language, the language of wise people is healing. All of us know people that just being in their presence, it's just so pleasant. It's uplifting. I, guys should practice. Walk into a 10th grade room for an hour and engage in conversation. And learn how to listen and how to contribute. And when you're around, the whole room, it's just like more cheerful, more upbeat, more pa- practice till you're good. Don't stop till you're good at it. Don't stop till you're good at it. Because that's going to be your children. That's who they're going to be. Your language turns into people. It's just, yeah, shusa, oh, very good. Shusa dianuka bishuka, the language of the child in the street, either comes from mom and dad. How you speak becomes the talk and the chatter of your children. What you say and how you say it is everything. So that's what I want to really ask the guys. Start learning your words. Start learning the impact of your tone, the, of how you say it, what, of what you say. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Mark it, measure it, know it. Ask yourself, how do you talk? Ask yourself the question. Ask your friends and observe from your friends how do they respond. If they're recovering after a conversation with you, people are recovering, you got to do something different. Your wife is going to be impacted by the way you address your children. So this is, this is something basic to acquire the L'shoin Chachamim, the language of wise people. That's marpa, that's mamish healing and comforting and elevating. This is what all of us in creating one day Be'ez Hashem, the atmosphere of our homes. We want a L'shoin Chachamim.